listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Needham, and my co-host, Henry Salmon. Welcome back to I Might Be Wrong. You're listening to myself, Rich. I have Henry with me. How are you, Henry? Hello, Rich. I'm I'm sprightly today. I'm looking forward to this one. Sprightly. Nice. Good word. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very well. Uh, the sun is shining still. The sun always shines when we do these chats. It's cool, isn't it? I reckon uh, there's correlation there. Does it imply causation? Who knows? Well, if it does, then we should actually start recording most days just to keep people happy. I don't think we should be trying to claim we can control the weather. <laughs> it's, it's a bold claim for a small podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I just had a complete flashback. Have you ever watched Lilo and Stitch? Yep. Do you remember Pudge? He controls the weather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Oh, wonderful. Anyway, sorry about that. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well, thanks, mate. Similarly delighted by there being sun. Yeah. I, I like blue skies. It makes me happy. I'm definitely one of those people that gets like huge mood swings based on the weather. Yeah. And I went to the pub last night to see nice. other humans in 3D form rather than 2D. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> From a sensible social distance. Yeah. And I spoke to people other than a supermarket checkout person. So life is good. And we have an episode today, which you're going to lead on. Who are you bringing to the table? I have brought a band that I'd not listened to for ages. And I don't even really know why my brain threw them at me early this week, I think. Uh, Moderat, who you are also a fan of, as far as I remember. Well, it's a, it's a great shout. And you've dredged them up from the silty seabeds of my memory <laughs> and uh and originally i thought you picked a really kind of not very well known band why have you gone and done that but i think the, the proof is in the pudding with this one um do you want to give us a bit of bit of background into into moderate yeah and i i'm also going to argue with you suggesting that they're not well known because they're actually pretty huge okay. just not maybe in the UK as much as Germany and the US. Yeah, so Moderat are a German electronic music supergroup that consists of Sasha Ring, who is otherwise known as Apparat, and Gernot Bronsert and Sebastian Sari, who are from Mod Selector. Ah. And they formed as a band in 2002. So that means so the Apparat and the Mode Selector squashed together to make Moderat or Murderat. Correct. I'm, I mean, they're German, so it probably is Murderat. Actually, we've, we've been stung on this before, haven't we? Do, do we need to work out how they're pronounced or should we just crack on? I think we just crack <laughs> on. Just carry on. <laughs> it's never stopped us before. Why worry about it now? <laughs> yeah, true. So they've released three studio albums to date. So they are just Moderat 1, 2, and 3. And we're going to talk about Moderat 1, or the debut, which is just called Moderat, really. They've taken a break after three. They seem to have quite an intense way of working together. So their original EP was called Auf Kosten der Gesundheit, which means at the cost of health, which is a sort of tongue-in-cheek reference to how hard they found to work together. And yet they've continued to do so over the years. Well, it's it's funny you mention intense because one of the first notes on, on Moderat is it's quite intense, <laughs> the style of music. Which I think is why I like it. I, I do like some intensity to my music when I'm listening to this kind of thing. 
they, I mean, they've literally said, yeah, it's a pain in the ass to make music together. Imagine you have someone you really like and you respect the person for what the person is creatively doing. But when we're in the studio, it's 75% discussion, 10% panic, and maybe the rest of the time we make music. True. How, how would you describe their music? Oh, well, I was trying to work this out. And so I went and had a bit of a Google to see if I could work out what I thought they were like. So the weird thing with Moderat is that Apparat and Mod Selector are individually very different spots in the electronic world. So Apparat, he has a much heavier focus on ambient and the more chilled out part of the spectrum, whereas Mod Selector are very, very heavy techno yeah and actually their background is all of them grew up in the 90s in berlin so after the wall had come down they were going to all these illegal underground parties and they were partying really hard taking loads of drugs getting really into the german techno scene that was there was a massive massive, massive thing then yeah yeah there's well it kind of almost still is in berlin there's there's that kind of underground which is pretty well known yeah and and in 92 sari was djing and met Bronsert at that point and that's when they decided to become mod selector which is a name taken from a function on the roland space echo analog delay effects unit and i've seen those pedals at gigs and been like that's where it's from that's where it's from yeah select your mode awesome <laughs> so this coming together of these two worlds means that you get this weird combination of this pounding hypnotic techno but it's layered with all this sort of ethereal synth melodies over the top yeah so i i tried to work out bands or artists that they were similar to and the way i think of it is sometimes they do the more trip hoppy stuff so like left field and portishead sometimes they're more synth heavy electronica like roiksop uh, and sometimes they're hitting things like the post kid a radiohead sound yeah I, I i rather meanly wrote wrote my note first impression down just saying it's like someone's nick roiksop's lunch and just <laughs> like a kind of brooding grumpy roiksop but there's more to it than that and and you've described it really well with two different styles coming together and you mentioned the layers you've got mm-hmm. this depth to the music which really makes this album stand out from just another electronic band yeah, and I think on first listen, you could be forgiven for thinking, okay, I I can pigeonhole that in in a certain spot, but give it a couple of listens, and there's real depth to this album. Oh, massive! And that's one of the things that they're really great at is they have a really strong sense of how to use what sound like individually very simplistic elements, but then build them up into this extremely complex soundscape they fit into the box of electronic music that I think of, or it's not in the box because they're definitely not in any box. They sit in with the more advanced electronic artists in the way that they are able to create something that has a very classical music feel to it. So there's all these motifs and individual elements that are brought in and pushed back and pulled up and almost in an orchestral way built into an overall big sound that I think is electronica and dance music at its very best. Yeah, and it's pretty serious stuff. It, you do get a lot of electronica which kind of becomes lighthearted and fun and there isn't much 
fun in this. It's pretty straight laced, and it's yeah, you can tell that they're taking things things pretty seriously. Yeah, you've only got to look at the way they describe their working method to, to realise these guys are not dicking around in the studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing or one genre description that I saw of them that seems to make fairly good sense is minimal techno. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a bit more pulled back in terms of it's it's not just full on dancey techno that's like upbeat and just smash 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 it's more thoughtful and more it's something you could sit and listen to and chill out to the day after a big rave rather than necessarily at the rave itself yeah in my head it would be pre-party that kind of eight nine o'clock things are kind of warming up because there's this kind of energy in there that it does just get into your head yeah it is quite an edgy sound and that's the thing as well. It's it, You can dance to it, even though it sounds pretty chilled, because <laughs> it's got that kind of techno drumming element to it. Yeah. The one other thing that I notice on kind of the second and third listen is there's a lot of beauty hiding in the album. Yeah. These really beautiful, just little bits of sonic wonderfulness that just uh, uh, emerge and they don't really last for long but they're there and after a while you notice them and you're like oh I love that little point on like say in well we'll go through the tracks later but um, like one of the songs <laughs> is Berlin and it's got this lovely little kind of uplifting noise in the background anyway I, I do think it deserves a couple of listens before you make a judgement on this album you are absolutely right all of the things you're talking about are things that really pulled me into this album when I ended up listening to it so, so how did you come across them? okay so you're part of this story, but I don't know whether you'll remember being part of this story. Okay, go on. So this album came out in 2009, believe it or not, which I couldn't. I thought it was much, much older than that. I did too, yep. And at the time, you and I were both still living in London, and we'd got to a point where we were regularly meeting up at the FOP round the corner from Covent Garden, just off the Seven Dials. Oh, yes. Now, yeah. the FOP there was split into two floors, and you have most of the kind of rock, mainstream stuff on the ground floor, along with all their DVD selection and their books. And then if you went upstairs, you got more of the kind of indie stuff, along with electronica and hip-hop and jazz and all the, all the world music and all that kind of good stuff sort of slightly more tucked away and they'd be playing maybe four or five records of the week downstairs and then a completely different whatever the hell they wanted to play upstairs and I remember being upstairs looking through a section of of the store where they'd have like new releases and recommendations from the store staff and all that kind of stuff and seeing this album cover which was imagine like brown paper album cover and then it's this 1940s 1950s stylized cartoon picture of a woman punching herself in the face (laughs) which was just utterly bizarre and i mean i assume they did it specifically for the attention seeking attention grabbing thing yeah but i remember taking it and just being like henry what the hell and you being like that that's so weird. That's so bizarre. Yeah, I do. I completely remember this moment, and I remember um, Fop. What a wonderful place! I mean, it just had brilliant music, brilliant recommendations. It had brilliant books as well. Mm-hmm. Just a wonderful place. But I do remember this specific moment where you just flashed the album cover at me and just said, "Look at that, so bizarre." And then 
as a brilliant coincidence, I can't remember how this came about, but I went downstairs, I think holding the album, and realised that they were playing that moderate album in the store at the time and just being like, oh, this this is really good. I'm just going to have to buy this album yeah. and, and ended up buying it on the spot and then listening to it a lot that year. Did you buy it then or did you get hold of it later? No, I I waited because you bought a copy and I I just thought, you know, I don't want to risk it if it turns out to be crap. Yeah. So I, I bought it. I think I heard it at yours played a couple of times since and I was like, I've got to get a copy of that because it's just so good. But yeah, I do I do remember that moment very well. Um and yeah, the album cover, the artwork is is bonkers and very eye catching. It turns out that the artwork for this and their other stuff is done by uh, a studio in Berlin called Fadfindery, and they've done all the artwork for Moderat. And I guess being an art studio, that's why they've got that ability to create quite catching designs. The other two albums have got these very similarly stylized but different artworks on them as well. Just as eye-catching. I, I I love the artwork. I'm a massive fan of it. It just works. Let's dive into the album. Yes. Let's go into some of the tracks. So give us your kind of intro or where, where would you start with this? I mean, you have to start with A New Era, which is the opening track. Yep. I mean, we talk a lot about great opening tracks for albums and I wonder whether that's part of why we love those albums is that moment of like, yeah. <laughs> where you're like yes i get to listen to this i love this so much and it yeah you almost get that spike of um what's the, the endorphins kick in and yeah that those endorphins at the moment when you hear those opening bars of an album so this track opens with a looped synth that's distorted and weird and you sort of wonder where it's going and then you just get hit with this thumping techno that just builds and swirls and continues to push that initial theme it's the perfect example of what I talked about in terms of electronica sounding like classical music because it just does this beautiful swirling thing around an original theme that's just, it's just wonderful. I love it. It describes them brilliantly, actually. If you want to know how all of their other music sounds, it's the perfect introduction. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's a key thing with Moderat is that you have to be patient and you're rewarded with that patience. And this track is just a great example of that. And and it needs to be listened to with quality headphones or a quality hi-fi. You can't just put it on like a shitty budget Bluetooth speaker and expect to be able to get out of this what you could get out of this. Yeah, and I think this is where your comparison to Radiohead really starts to make a a big difference there's detail and there's thought that's really gone into the the music and the production and it really shines through if you listen carefully yeah absolutely especially kind of later radiohead when you you can't just dive into an album like say kid a and just go oh yeah i've got that it's, it's not not that kind of album <laughs> no it really isn't i'm going to talk about the opening three tracks actually uh because i think it is just an incredibly strong start to the <laughs> it's, album it's a brilliant start yeah i did dig through this album i had a lot of listens to this over the last couple of days and i could comfortably do a track by track on this album because it's all so strong mm. and it works as an album right it is a full piece of music that demands to be listened to as an album not just as individual tracks yeah uh rusty nails and also Rusty Nails, the Shackleton remix, which kicks in right at the end of the album. 
there's this almost hollow percussion that opens it and then this what feels like almost church or gospel organ synth and vocals that really remind me of Royksop's Paulino, yeah. which I think is probably where you're coming from the kind of that initial, oh, this just sounds like Royksop <laughs> impression. Yeah, it's another great example and it starts to branch out, I guess, from that, from a new era. It just starts to say, actually, we've got more more to us than just uh, just standard kind of almost techno. Yeah. And then the remix sounds like the echoes of the original track sort of hanging out in the shadows of a haunted house. (laughs) Yes, that's good. It just has that thing to it of Shackleton's just done an amazing job of capturing the sort of original feeling of the track, but then almost putting it through a weird warp lens. Yeah, well, that's how all the best remixes are done. Rather than just kind of dicking around with a song, there's a kind of change of the style. Yeah. Uh, and then Sea Monkey. So this is more trip hop. So echoed snare drum that sounds more like something you'd find on a left field or massive attack album. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. It's another track which is is just so strong. And I think the uh I guess the the problem with this album, if I have any, is that those three songs are so good that it takes a bit of a dive after that because it's a it's a it's a really good good song and that trip hop element just yeah, it adds to the album as a whole. I'm going to argue with you there. I don't think it does take a dive. I think it's it, it's a strong start, but there's not a massive drop-off in quality at any point in this album other than maybe Beats Way Sick, which I don't love as much. Maybe it's the the length. Like, it's an hour and ten minutes long, which is a, a long old running time for an album. And I, I, I don't want to say I got bored of it, but I just wonder whether if you had someone who was a bit more brutal with the edit and just went through and just took a knife to some of the tracks just to squash it down a bit, it would turn into a like a great album rather than just a really damn good one. I mean, you are wrong there. It doesn't need any <laughs> editing. It's brilliant to listen to. I've been told. It's one of those things where I don't necessarily want to cut stuff out of here. The only thing I would maybe cut is Beats Way Sick, but I suspect other people might love that as a track. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Let's jump to three minutes of, because this is where I think they start to sound like Radiohead post-Kid A. Yeah, describe this one, because I'd, <laughs> I'd, have, a, I'd have a hard time describing it. So it's got this ambient build that sounds a bit like Tree Fingers or Untitled off Kid A. And then late on in the track, about a minute and a half, two minutes in, you get this drum machine that kicks in and feels very Radiohead. Mm-hmm. But it also drops from there into Nasty Silence. Mm-hmm. And it took me ages to figure out that it actually is just effectively a single track, three minutes of Nasty Silence the two track names work together in a way I'd never spotted before I was looking at it from this perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I've not thought about that. That makes sense because I was just confused. So, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I love that build and then the sort of claustrophobic synths. You mentioned claustrophobic and that is a brilliant word to describe some of this album. Not all of it, yeah, but some of the songs on there do have that feeling that of... Um, and it's a better word than intense because it almost makes makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is weird. And, and I felt that when I was listening to it. And it's like, I like this, but I wouldn't want to play this in a room if I had friends around for a drink. Yeah. 
because you'd have this kind of edge to it and it's quite oppressive um that's a really nice way to describe it okay so if we're talking claustrophobic pork one and pork two this might be the high point of the album to me because this opens with kid a-ish guitars that make it all feel very anxious and claustrophobic i love this pork one is the best song on the album i love it it's intense but it's kind of less edgy i don't know if that makes sense and it's got some strings on there as well yeah i I think this track's outstanding but what's great about pork one is it does this really intense sort of build to a massive crescendo and then that drops away into another sort of quiet patch that then swells upwards again but it's a more positive light to pork too and it's almost through a (laughs) rose-esque in terms of like the way that builds to a high yeah i love how the two work together it's outstanding and uh it's another great example of where, where they they really do shine and it's it's the kind of output that makes this album really stand out amongst its its peers yeah and i do like the way that they aren't afraid to echo some of those big acts in the way that they've done it but they've they've patched things together in ways that are different to those artists yeah they definitely got their spin on it and i i think it's the two different sides of the band pulling in slightly different directions that gives it that friction yeah yeah, absolutely and and definitely the tension that you get throughout the album Mm. i got one more track which is out of sight which is another gorgeous roiksop effort it's got beautiful melodies it's got the buzzing synths that roiksop have a tendency to play around with and the airy vocals here are just lovely yeah agree and um it's not an album that just drifts away there's still like no. excellent content all the way through to the end. So um, It's an album that I'll regularly have on a loop. Yeah, yeah, you, you could totally loop this. But then actually, um, their f- other albums, have you listened to their, the, the later ones? No, this is the weird thing is I love this so much, but I'd never really listened to two or three. I stuck three on yesterday. I was like, I've, I've made a huge mistake by ignoring this because it's really good. I put three on this morning and I started listening to it and I thought, actually, you know what? I've only listened to it twice, but I'm starting to wonder whether three is actually an absolute masterpiece, and I've just completely missed it. It's very, very polished to a to a better degree than the first one. Yeah, well, all three have high ratings on Pitchfork, which to continue to get those high ratings album after album is is always hard. They're they're very harsh on later on later albums if you don't really move things on. Yeah. The one thing I have listened to is Apparat's 2011 album, The Devil's Walk. Okay. So Song of Loss and The Soft Voices Die are both really lovely ambient pieces on there. I think I've come across Apparat before. And yeah, if you look at the number of plays they've got on Spotify, they're popular. They've got millions of yeah. millions of listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but all of these albums have got i mean you look at the numbers for moderat and it's across the first three albums like tens of millions of listens on those on those tracks so is fop the only place that you've heard them (laughs) i guess you've never seen them live sadly not no they from the sound of things are an incredible live act again i presume because of the whole djing background they understand crowds they understand how to make a night move forward yeah I, I mean this is classic go to berlin go to the kind of underground clubs and listen to it that would be a, a brilliant way to experience their music 
Well, their last gig was in 2017 when they were talking about taking a break from performing for a while. I found something on the site that said, when we started Moderat, it was meant to be a fun thing, a playground and a sort of vacation from our individual projects. It's still fun, but becoming a band after all these years was a real experience. A long way considering we all started as DJs in dirty basements and they've sort of, I think, burnt out doing that stuff. Yeah. But it's interesting because there's two blog posts, one which sort of intimates that they're done with Moderat and they want to go off and do other things. And then one that's post that final Berlin gig where they're like, oh, we had lots of fun tonight. Maybe <laughs> we're not quite done with this. Awesome. But I mean, these guys, Bronsert's first techno party was 13 years old. Wow. They're like late 30s, early 40s now. They, these guys have been doing this for such a long time. They know what they're doing. They know how to work a crowd. They've done massive tours. They've done big festivals. They've done Coachella. They've done places. That, I mean, they're, they're, they're massive. I'm sure they've probably done Glastonbury at some point as well. Yeah. Well, so I guess don't count them out <laughs> is, is the takeaway from that. I, I suspect from the sound of things, when they come back, they may not do Moderat 4. They may do something that's a bit, different to that and start to explore other areas but yeah i think i would absolutely go and see them particularly if i had a chance at a festival I imagine like a late night 3am glastonbury set would be incredible yes that would be awesome wouldn't it yeah that is a great one to bring to the table so what about influences did did they lead you anywhere off the back of the intro and fop and then the the record buy yeah i actually do think they did so obviously the bands that i've already mentioned are the the influences for me in terms of what drew me into them but I think they've paved the way for artists like Fuck Buttons and Blank Mass because of that big wall of electronic noise but then layered beautiful lush melodies and synths over the top of it which is very much I mean more Blank Mass than Fuck Buttons but certainly those general areas very much remind me of each other. Yeah I've I've not really gone anywhere other than that that first album and I think well we just mentioned it that might be a mistake (laughs) (laughs) have you listened to much fuck buttons and black mass yeah it's not my kind of thing I listen to a lot but yeah I've 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 put on um fuck buttons in particular I really enjoy that doesn't surprise me I could imagine that tarot sport would be an album that you'd really like such a brilliant album yeah so they were I guess not an inspiration for, but definitely part of that same kind of stylistic crowd that I'd listen to. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the take home for me in terms of influences or where would I go from here, I do just want to listen to this this three album again. Yeah, me too. That's probably a special one. I think I need to get into two as well because I, I think it was just that time of... Because when we used to go to FOP all the time, we'd find new albums all the time. We'd follow up on artists that we knew. And then once we got Spotify... It was all just finding new music and I sort of lost track of a load of artists and Moderat are definitely one of those. So I'm I'm going back to them as well. Awesome. I said this with Goldfrap the other week and then I listened to two of the newer Goldfrap albums that I'd not touched and they're brilliant. So apparently when you like an artist, it's worth searching out some of their newer material. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think you brought a real hidden gem to the table with this one. And if people haven't come across them, definitely, definitely give this a go and not just one go give it a couple and then throw it in the bin if you don't like it <laughs> yeah agreed don't throw it in the bin give it to someone else <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but yeah i think that is a a great shout and yeah catch up next time for some more good music cool thanks for joining us folks 
Thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong.